Little is much. God is in it. You make it available. If it's edible, usable, available, the idea, edible, blessable, breakable, and shareable, what does Jesus do with it? He'll multiply it. Amen? That's right. He will multiply it. We see that with the what? Fish and those loaves. He just took what was available, what was edible, what was usable. He blessed it. Then he broke it. Then he shared it and multiplied it. Got a lot of people that day. A lot of people that day. Little, a little as much when it's in the right hands. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Where y'all been? What you been gleaning? What you been gleaning? Chapter number eighteen. Chapter number eighteen. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it such a, a blessing? Isn't it such a blessing? Uh huh. That's that what are, we see that, here. That are telling God yeah. the things that are happening around and about them. Mm, mm, mm. That, that's, that's, to me, powerful. He says in verse 10, take heed. Yeah. Take heed. Well, what do we say that word, take heed? He says that often, take heed. That is saying, take personal responsibility is the idea. Be accountable. When you take heed to something, it's something that you have to consider and you consider it to be responsible for what he's about to say. I'm going to hold you accountable for what I'm about to tell you. You need to take heed to that and be responsible uh, yourselves. This accountability and responsibility. And, and, and you've heard me say this before, is that that's where when you when you look at somebody who is courageous people that are courageous are people who are who understand their responsibility and their accountability when a man understands or a woman understands their responsibility and they're accountable to that or to whom they are accountable for that person will do courageous things whether it be good or bad it doesn't that that is that doesn't matter uh, from the perspective of whether they'll be courageous or not. But whatever they feel responsible and accountable to, they will act courageously in. And, and he's telling us that we need to take responsibility in the fact that we don't treat lightly one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. So when they see the face of the Father, the angels who are subject to the Father, the Son, the Spirit, who are subject to do as they lead. Psalm 103 says it like this, that the angels respond to the tenor, to the reflection of the voice of God. Yes. And you don't want to end up on the bad side of an angel. 
Not that the angel is going to act independent of himself. He's only going to do what he's told to do by God. But all God's got to do is the reflection of what he says. Is how the angel responds. He, they see the face of God. They know the reflection of his voice. That's in Psalm 103, I believe it is. Go look in 103. Let's just look at there for a moment. Psalm 103. I could be totally wrong, but I think it's 103. Psalm 103. More than you think, brother. <laughs> Psalm 103, I'm pretty sure. Yes, look in verse number 20. Psalm 103 starts out with that with that plea to bless the Lord. Amen. He says, bless the Lord what? He's preaching to himself, right? But you know, when, when the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, when he's preaching to himself, he also invites everybody else to bless the Lord. But he doesn't fail to continually remind himself. You see, it's one thing to preach to people. It's another thing to preach to yourself. Now, when we communicate and preach to people, encourage people, we also got to remember to preach to ourselves. Fundamental, and this is what we what we see. He starts off with bless the Lord, then he encourages everybody else to bless the Lord, and then he closes the psalm with saying again, "Bless the Lord, what? Oh my soul." That's in the last stanza, verse twenty-two. But in between verse twenty and twenty-two, he says, "Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength." Who do his word. Listen, and this, this is the key phrase here that I'm talking about. Heeding the what? The voice of his word. What is What do some of the other translations say there in verse 20? Heeding the voice of his word. What? Anybody else? Obeying the voice, Obeying the voice of his word. Is there another? Hearken. Obeying, heeding, that is responding positively to the voice of his word. Mine says listening for each of his commands. Listening for each of his commands. Verse 21 says, bless the Lord, all you his host, you ministers of his who do his pleasures. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I just, I just love that thought. He, he's reminding everybody there to bless the Lord, but he doesn't leave himself out. He doesn't leave himself out. That, that's important. That's fundamental. That, hey, you can, you can proclaim and proclaim and proclaim and invite everybody else to do things, but fail to remind yourself. To do what you're encouraging everybody else to do. We want to bless the Lord. And we want to remind ourselves. We want to preach to ourselves. Bless the Lord. Let it start with me. Amen. But that word. Heeding the voice of his word. The word voice there. Is the word. Reflection. It has the idea of the tenor. When somebody sings. And they lift their voices up. 
you have what you have the different what's some of the different um uh you got alto you got what what's another one soprano a tenor you got what else bass baritone what's lower baritone or bass bass soprano is what what is a tenor just under soprano Okay, I got you. I don't know any of those things. I just know this girl's an alto because I've I've heard them say it. I've heard her say it enough. She normally sings in the in the alto. But this is what we're talking about: the reflection, the tenor, or the voice, the mood, the mood that the angels heed the tenor, the reflection the mood, the spirit of the command of God. And they excel in strength. They're stronger than people physically. And they're always before the face of God. And those that take lightly and mistreat and deal with children the wrong way there's a good chance you're going to end up on the wrong side of a strong angel who's telling God, not as if God needed to be told, but telling God what is happening. And they respond to the tenor of his voice. Now think about that with us. Let's take it, I think Jesus, um, Matthew's gospel also in Luke's gospel, when his disciples said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art hallowed, thy kingdom, thy will, on earth, as it is in heaven. In heaven, the angels who see the face of God always praise Him and respond, hearken in obedience to the reflection to whether God is cheerful. Because God, the scriptures give us that God delights He is cheerful. He loves a cheerful giver, the scripture says. But God is angry with the sinner all day. God is also has wrath. And the angels respond according to the tenor, to the voice, to the reflection of the the mood that God conveys when he says a thing. And boy, we don't want to be on the wrong side. Amen. Also in the book of Hebrews, look in Hebrews, go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, speaking of these angels, anytime you jump in the book of Hebrews, just like how the theme in Psalms is all about glorifying and praising 
given adoration unto the Lord, the book of Hebrews does that by affirming that Jesus is superior to all things and everything. He is preeminent in it all. And what Hebrews chapter 1 and the end of chapter 2 is doing is basically saying that God has never spoken of an angel like this. He didn't speak of the priesthood like this. He didn't speak of Moses like this. This was all in regards to his son. But he says in verse number 13, But to which of the angels has God ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? He's never said that to an angel. But he said it to who? He said it to Jesus. Now verse 14, the angels, are they the angels? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to serve, to minister for those who what? Will be heirs unto salvation. Who are ordained or will inherit salvation. So the angels that are sent, that minister that, that communicate with God, uh, they are sent as ministering spirits to guard these, these who are going to inherit, who are ordained, who are appointed unto salvation or eternal life in God's Son. That bless you, amen. amen. Aren't you glad even when you didn't, even when you didn't know God knew you? Aren't you glad when you didn't know and you was a fool doing foolish things in foolish ways but God had an assigned angelic being who guarded you during that time because he had plans for you to inherit his eternal salvation. Think about that for a moment now. Boy, left to yourself, you'd, who knows where we would have been, amen? But look, he says it right here. Are they not the ministering spirit sent forth, assigned to minister to individuals who will, future tense, who are destined to inherit salvation? Wow. That speaks, amen. amen. So praise be to God. Man, thank you, Lord. That's all you can do. There's so much that God's done for us that we have. We, 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 we will learn for an eternity of the things that he did. He's going to, we'll learn. You're going to spend an eternity. And that's even with a mind that ain't messed up. Are you with me? How many of y'all still got a messed up mind? Amen. But in heaven, you're not going to have that messed up mind. Right. Now, you're not going to have all knowledge. That's impossible. That only belongs to God. But the knowledge that you have is going to be greatly and continually enhanced with no defilement, with no corruption, with no memory loss. Praise God. Amen. How many of y'all got a little memory loss? <laughs> A whole lot. How many's minds will gravitate toward things that will only cause you to worry? 
You're not going to have any of that. That won't, that, that's not going to be there. Amen. There's not going to be anything to worry over when being taught from an eternal perspective in the presence of God, learning all that he has done, did, and still yet to do in Christ Jesus for us for all eternity. Scripture says we'll be taught. He'll teach us. He'll teach us. But without the defilement. You see, the Bible teaches us that our mind has to be renewed what? Daily. Daily. The renewing of our mind. Our minds need to be constantly renewed and fed and nurtured by the work of the word and the witness of the spirit of God within us. The, the presence of God, the unction that comes from him to illuminate the revelation, the light of the word of God that we're being transformed as we go through things in life. The things are not shaping us. It's the renewing of our mind. It's the teaching of the Lord by the revelation of his word and the presence of the spirit that is using circumstances and situations that we're going through to teach us and to shape us and to make us more like Jesus. That's that renewing of the mind. What does Proverbs, excuse me, Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? When Paul said, look, daily present yourself to the Lord as what? Living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our our reasonable service, that's, our, that's what we do. That's what we do. We present ourselves. We position ourselves and give ourselves to him day in and day out so that we're not what? Conformed by the world, squeezed out by the world. That's how everybody apart from Christ is squeezed out by what? The world. Amen. They're squeezed out by the world. They're squeezed out by the things they're going through, what, is, what they're in and going through, those things and what they know in those things is what's squeezing them out. But we're, we're not to be that way. We're to be what? Transformed by the renewing of our mind that we can prove to the world what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? But that happens because we're giving ourselves over to him again and again. How, how does that work? Well, Matthew's been teaching us in the sense that Jesus, through Matthew's been teaching us that we're to what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his what? Those things had not changed. What does Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? Trust the Lord. Lean not upon. And all your ways do what? And he'll do, isn't that Matthew 6.33? Seeking first as a principle of priority. Well, when we do that, and we do that as the Lord taught his people, as like a child. How does a child, as Matthew 18 says, in childlike faith, we come to him as a child. How does a child come to the, unto his parents? Or somebody they trust. They don't have to know everything. Right? right? Does your grandkids know everything about you? No. They know everything you've done, thought, been, everything? No, they don't. What's that? <laughs> but, but they won't praise God. Amen. Come on. 
but they know that you love them. They know you have their best interest at hand. Therefore, they trust you. Like Nathaniel. Coming over here at night. They love coming over here. If I dart out that door to walk over to this church, they're all at my feet. If they hear me going to the church, what do they do? They hustling to get their shoes on. They want to come, they want to come over here. They want to come. They want to come help me. Well, we had to utilize the refrigerator, of course, and put a few things in there when they were here to keep up with it. We had to, I had water over here. So Nathaniel was my water guy. I'd get five or six bottles of water. He would restock it with five or six bottles of water. So he was on it. He likes having a task or a job, but he brought his flashlight with him. And he'd tell me we'd go out at night. He said, he said, Papa, I, I, I knew I needed to bring my flashlight. I'm glad I brought my flashlight. One night I was out cooking and it was dark and them old coyotes started hollowing right over here. And Hazel was out with me and we listened to them coyotes for a little bit. And she come in and told the rest of them. So the first time we come back over here. After they heard the coyotes, boy, they was a little hesitant. They were looking everywhere. And old Nathaniel would be walking with me and I'd stop. And he'd get ahead of me a little bit. And he'd love, he'd say, Paw, Paw. <laughs> and he'd go a little bit further and I'd stop. And he'd say, Paw, Paw, quit. And he'd have his flashlight and I, I'd go backwards and boy, I'm just playing with him. And I said, now, Nathaniel, do you think that I would let anything happen to you? And he said, no, but I ain't going to let you get away from me. Because I would take off and run. But when I would run, he would be running right with me. He wasn't going to stay out there in the dark by himself. He's going to stay. Look, if I stop, he was watching. What was I doing? Because he heard them coyotes. But he had no reason not to trust me, even though I was playing with him. Messing with him. But it was just a lesson. That do you really think. That even though we're playing. And I'm acting like this right now with you. I'm going to let anything happen to you. No. no. Not at all. Everything's okay. Well that, that, that's the kind of childlike faith. You see as they get a little older. They become a little more independent. And they get things figured out on their own. And these kids start getting in the teenage years. And they know better than you know. You see, Jesus said, unless you come humble, like a child, not an infant, but like a child, like Maddie Walker, who trusts her grandmother. She don't know a lot about Janet, other than Janet loves her. Janet's going to invest in her. She'll learn more about Janet over time. Just like with us, we learn more about Jesus over time but we can trust him. Amen. Amen. And that's how we approach him from there. We seek him first. We seek him in faith and we, we simply, we trust him. We rely upon him. And that's exactly what he's been. He's been teaching his disciples. Remember man's not to live on bread alone, but what? Every word, Every word that proceeds out the mouth of the Lord. Amen. 
Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And we just finished up, you know, chapter 17 and 18. And as we close, I want you to think about it from this perspective. When y'all remember when, when God hushed Peter? Peter was ready. Peter was ready to go to work. He felt like he can he can input some things on what ought to be done. Remember they was up on that Mount of Transfiguration? And supernaturally God let them see that Moses, they recognized who Moses was. Who was that other prophet up there? Elijah, they recognized him. What was Peter's recommendation? Yeah, let's build us a little tabernacle. You need one for each of y'all. And what did, what did God do from heaven? Scripture says that a cloud came. Now, you figure, just like us, it says that they were afraid. You've been out in the elements when a dark cloud come and overwhelmed, and you started looking for a little cover too. They in this position on a high mountain, they seek a little cover, and God spoke. And his speaking was telling, really, Peter to shh. God said, this is my, my beloved son. Matthew says, in whom I am well pleased. And the next words, listen to him. Peter, I'm sure your motives are as pure as they could possibly be. Peter had some, his motives were pure. When he was going to defend Jesus, when he was going to stand up for Jesus, they were pure. He wanted to do. He felt like that would be the right thing to do. And boy, he was ready to let the Lord know, I'm ready, Lord. We'll do it. But God intervened and said, it's it's not what you can say. It's not what you can do. It's not what you have the ability to do. He said, Peter, listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. And I want to tell you, that's makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Amen. Listening to him. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Leaning in on him. Hearing him. Hearkening unto him. And following his lead. Amen. Amen. That's where, where our minds are renewed. So that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God through whatever we go through in life. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. Bless you. Thank you for the time we've had tonight. Thank you for what you're doing, what you've done, what is yet to be done. We, we miss it. We fail you on so many occasions. A lot of times we're no different than Peter. We have our suggestions in it, but you just keep reminding us uh, to listen to listen, to be slow, slow to speak and quick to hear. Slow to speak and quick to hear. That we can follow 
your lead and example of what you've given us in your son. I thank you for life. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that we can celebrate it, that we can rejoice, that we can preach to one another, that we can preach to ourselves, and that we can bless you. And I pray that our hearts are as sensitive as your angels which are in heaven, that your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven, that we too hearken unto the reflection of your voice. Help us. Help us with this. Continue to refine us. Continue to draw us to yourself. Continue to help us find rest. Find rest in this work that you've given us to do. Help us yoke ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all. Y'all have a good night.